Yo, what up? This is Ebb and Flow. I'm here at Timeless with Matt Shear and Gravel Bear. This is Future Moguls. We're here on MLK Day, man. Shout out to Martin Luther King. About to get into it, man. Future Moguls. I'm going to read your thoughts. Welcome back to the Future Moguls podcast. We are here with a special guest, Evan Flo, today for episode 24. Woo-hoo. And of course, I'm here with my co-host, Gravel Bear. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Happy MLK Day. Shout out Martin Luther King. A real one. So today, we want to talk about Evan Flo, his music, and we want to kind of talk about where that fits into the grand canon of hip-hop and society um, a lot of the artists that we have featured so far are very music-driven. Um, it's very inward-facing music a lot of the time. Um, and do you want us to call you Eb? Eb, yeah, for Eb? sure. Okay, yeah, perfect. So um, Eb's music is a very outward-facing. He's very conscious about society, about politics, and we really want to kind of get into um, where is that has kind of seeped into his creative energy, creating music. Hell yeah. First, Hell we yeah. want to make sure you all know we're here at Timeless Recordings. Uh, Timeless Recording Studio, that is. Um, it's a new year, and that means new rates. So they've just dropped all their rates for every studio in Timeless. So you can get in here, and you can start creating for even less than before. So make sure you go to TimelessRecordingStudio.com. Hit them up on socials at TimelessRStudio, and find out how you can get in here and start recording podcasts, music, voiceovers. You can do anything here. I love it. I love it here at Timeless. Hell yeah. Great place. Yeah, one of the dopest in the city for sure, man. Definitely got to book some time. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the dopest without our engineer, Chris Turner. Man, God, he's shout just out. a... Shout out to all engineers, animal. matter of fact, man. For real. Engineers run this shit, man. Engineers and producers, man. Underappreciated. We, we love y'all. And in college, I could either went the engineer route with music or the management route with music. I sat down in my first engineering class and I was like, uh no. Those are both the like those are, those are the smart options though. Those are those are the lucrative options, man. I yeah. like I like that breakdown, you know. Yeah. Engineer management, like that's the business shit. Right. Engineers, y'all are the scientists of this whole thing. Like at the end of the day, we're just talking into mics, but we couldn't get it to sound this crispy. So I mean, y'all are underappreciated. We need to do an engineers episode. For sure. We do. We do. I don't think we even know what all of them look like. Oh yeah. I'm glad we went there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. But we're here to talk about you today, Eb. So um, let's go actually a little bit through your resume up till now, if you will. Um, sure, and I'll kind of put some context around uh, what you've got coming up. So you're an independent hip-hop artist from right here in Cincinnati, like mm-hmm. much most of our guests are. Yes, indeed. Um, you describe your music as soulful. It's very sample-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and your lyricism is very complex, and it's politically driven. So um, we've actually, there's a lot of, popular MCs that have kind of gone that route and gained a following for, you know, speaking about something, standing up for something. 
Um, and you you say that your music's actually gotten darker and more political as of late. Yeah. For so sure. what what um when about did that turn happen? What what's happening in society that's causing you to go deeper down that rabbit hole with your music? Well, it's funny, man. I mean, you know, I was always on the you know, like you said, soulful sample based, like just very like hip hop shit. Like that's that's the that's the stuff that I love. So I was always on that wavelength, and you know, obviously when Trump got elected, that that affected me. It affected everybody, but I I kind of had. Like it, it was, it's been a series of epiphanies, but there was an epiphany that happened when, when Trump got elected about just branding and how, like, basically what happened is he won the ultimate branding contest. So I was just yeah. kind of like, I had like a whole like weird thing about that. Would you say Obama did too? Because yes, he has the Shepard Fairey stuff absolutely. going on. That's branding. Yeah, to absolutely. Core. absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, when you look back at those elections, it's like what it comes down to is like his brand was just unbeatable. Obama, I'm talking about like, you know, there was no way that any candidate was going to get around that, even if they had him beat in terms of an argument. Or you whatever. could just tell that you were getting around it. Exactly. Like even as an inexperienced, exactly. if you're, it was my first election voting for Obama and McCain and you just see like, how that's not going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Are exactly. you going to go with the young, you know, exciting candidate yeah. or the old, you he just, know, he just looks better on camera, man. He speaks better. You know, it all, it excellent. Comes speaker. Out better. I think the that's what I loved. I loved about Obama. The most right. was, is captivating. He could For speak. Sure. And now we have a, a president that's uh, can't even spell shit right hey, on Twitter. I'll ridiculous. tell you what, he can fucking. He well, can't he spell shit right. He, he understands that element of it. He can't spell, but he definitely he definitely understands. You say it. Ham, ham, hamburgers, hamburgers, or whatever. Hamburgers, Shout out to BK for the clapback on that one. Send man, he just hit send. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. I can't believe he, he doesn't, doesn't even want an edit button. He doesn't even have someone like read the draft first. Like, hey, you're the president of the United States. Let's make sure your tweets are, you know. No that, gram- that grammatical errors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have too. <laughs> yeah. Shit, yeah, shit blows my down. mind. But yeah, man. So yeah, let's go back into what's happening specifically that takes you there in the music. Right. So it was basically the branding realization was kind of it started me down a path, right? And so like Obama, that's an important context because I do I do think that that was kind of our society. You could see our society heading in that direction where it's like, we're going to go with the better brand at the end of the day. So then things changed and Trump is obviously a much different brand, but he still won the branding contest. So it kind of like, it, you know, it affected my mind heavily. And the whole while I was still, I was making the music I was making and I didn't really know how to approach, you know, hip. I didn't know how to approach the topics. I wanted to be the anti-Trump rapper, you know, like as soon as, as soon as he got elected, but I didn't really know how to approach that. It's like, there's so much to talk about because it's such a wealth of content and mm-hmm. all these stories and everything. So I didn't know what angle to come from. Angle is, is important to me. Like, you know, what, yeah. what angle am I coming from on the song? How am I approaching this topic? What's so your, I, like, what is the end goal of saying exactly, this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. How am I going to shape this song around like an idea that people can understand? And so it took me a long time to, to, to figure out how I was going to do that. And it kind of, happened in the form of another epiphany where I basically learned a little bit about the people behind Trump's campaign that some of the people behind Trump's campaign that kind of made the election itself and Trump's campaign so uh, so confusing, such a such a flurry of bullshit that I believe like honestly changed our society. It was like a it was like a watershed moment in society. The where bullshit was, like, was so heavy that Facebook got in trouble. Facebook got in trouble. <laughs> Everybody got in trouble. And that that scandal specifically is one of the one of the like important pieces of of uh I don't know the way that I like to break this whole this whole shit down because I basically think that what it comes down to is Trump was able to win 
that sort of branding contest that's constantly evolving. There's always new ways to reach voters and stuff. And they basically had access to, to voter targeting tools that were kind of like that were algorithmically and technologically ahead of the, their opponent, which was Hillary Clinton and everybody else in, in pretty much the, not every way, but the key way which, which clinched the election. So they had sort of like psychological data profiling going on on individual people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sheer and Gravel Bear and Anthony Cloward. You know, they're, they're sort of trying to understand based on data that goes through Facebook, that Facebook allowed certain companies to have access to, you know, and this data travels through these kind of algorithms and they try to figure out how people over time uh, how their behavior changes based on the content, how their ideas change based on the content that they see. And if you if you really break down someone's feed over a long period of time, even if you're just liking things, you don't do mm-hmm. anything but like things. Like think about how many pieces of content you see that you don't like. Right. Yeah. Right. So like the, those little things that you like that that says a lot. So basically, to get back into the the core of the question, I just realized that there was there was a technological psychological you know, psyops method element to the change in society that we are seeing. And it has to do with, you know, companies like Cambridge Analytica that were behind the Trump campaign and people like Robert Mercer who were behind that company and and the way that they were sort of trying to subvert what voters knew and what they were doing behind the scenes to to affect the election. So this is all once I realized that, I kind of I read a a beautiful piece of journalism by Jane Mayer in, uh, I think, the New York Post, whichever, wherever she works. I think the New York Post. And uh, it was like, it's a long article about Robert Mercer. And I, I read it and it changed my life. And I've never, I've never thought about going back to like the more just groovy, you know, chilling type of hip hop since then. Like, I basically realized at that point that there was a whole angle to our current life and our current society that is it's dark and it's it's psychologically manipulative and we all see it every day and so i kind of wanted to find ways to start to access that through the music that would pull emotions out of people and you know kind of introduce some some different things into the conversation like we're doing now so sure. you know that's uh that's basically what it was man it is learning about robert mercer by the way that's the that's like the key donor behind the Trump campaign. He he basically by the time Trump was accepting funding, which was after the nomination, he he was the main funder. He's a billionaire, one of the richest people in the world, and he was he was by far outspending to help Trump win. And he was also using these tools that he had sort of in his back pocket, these, you know, uh strange offshore companies, that kind of thing. So we can get more into that. But yeah, basically learning about kind of Really having a behind the curtains peek at how some of that shit works behind the scenes and how people gain power right through a vote, right? They, they not mm-hmm. by subverting a vote, by using a vote. They find a way to use voter, voters to gain the power that they want, and you know, subvert democracy or you know, uh, impose their will upon democracy. So, I so, just think it's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. it really is, and I'm kind of glad you're kind of taking this route. It's a breath of fresh air for. Most hip hop that I listen to, it's not about drugs, bitches, clothes, cars, whatever. It's you're I mean, actually it kind like it is, but it's about as I mean, but yeah, out. but it's like a different angle. Yeah. It's like I'm actually that's what's interesting. I'm learning from it. You know, that's why I got it. I love hip hop is because I used to like learn shit from it. Like Kanye would bring up some name that was from the '80s or something. Go look back and do some research on it. Like 
That's what hip hop. I love about hip hop, and so especially hip hop. Sure. Yeah, and when it becomes politically charged, like that's where hip hop came from. Mm-hmm. And I see comments all the time when people are. I'm trying to remember. Like people just make comments, like when when Kanye was meeting with Trump and all that. Like rappers are coming out and saying, like, you know, hip hop and politics don't really mix. And it's like, what mixes? What genre of music <laughs> mixes better with politics? Exactly. Man. Tell me. Music itself is politics. Like let's yeah, call it Chuck hip-hop. D coming to Cincinnati soon. Yeah. Uh, to speak at the Mercantile Man. Library, mm. but tell tell Chuck D that politics don't belong in hip hop. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just yeah, it's ridiculous. That's I mean, yeah, it's absurd. But a lot of people think that way though. A, a lot of people in the current sort of like social media, you know, like they like you know are attached to the music itself and the interesting you know sounds and the trendy sounds. It's like you know these are the kind of people who might say that like yeah. you know all the politics don't matter in hip hop. People don't want to hear that, and it's like they have a point. Some people don't want to hear that, but there's a lot of people that don't want to hear any trap shit either. Exactly. Right. It's, and it's always changing. There's always people who come about who, who yeah. are willing to be bold and they change the, you know, and that's why we have rappers talking shit, you know, about, you know, hitting a lick and this is my bitch. It's like, cause somebody was bold enough to make that the subject of a song, you yeah. know? So it's like people have to constantly push the line and try to change the conversation. So, you know, I, I respect Definitely all kinds of like voices in hip hop because I think it's important to just have that like oh for sure you know, for that, sure even if it's just like some vulgar shit or like just some truly vibey shit like you know soulful like expression all that all that is important but, that's what it is at the end of the day no matter what they're saying it's their expression so exactly. yeah I've I used to skew a lot closer to like your side of hip hop um, probably five years ago and before I was very much on that side um, like very heavy lyricism. Um, and I've skewed, I'm I'm a lot closer to the middle of things now because I like the full context of what the whole canon of hip hop offers. Yeah. And it makes every little pocket a little more meaningful when you know how they relate to each other. So what kind of artists um, in the industry do you kind of, I don't want to say have a template from, but like, yeah. I mean, Immortal Technique comes to mind. Someone exactly. who is very outspoken. Like, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Immortal Technique is a good one. And he's a good example of how my mindset about it changed. Because like, so as I grew up, I liked all kinds of rappers. Like Immortal Technique was one of them. You know, I love Atmosphere. Slug from Atmosphere is yeah. one of my favorites ever. You he's know, awesome. I grew up on idea and abilities. who's was like very yeah. abstract. All that Rhyme Sayers yeah, man, tends rhyme to have that, that really conscious edge to grew it. Up, grew up on Rhyme Sayers, right? And then like, you know, just stuff like Eminem. And then later as I grew up, I got into you know, deeper elements of stuff, stuff that was like, you know, maybe just like more street, you know, stuff I can like learn different, uh, different kinds of things from, but it's Mm -hmm. always been about, uh, you know, just very, um, people who are at least thoughtful about what they're writing. It doesn't have to be like conscious material, but it's like, I'm sitting down, I'm writing, I'm going to like put some thought into this and it comes out like, you know, a thoughtful piece of poetry. And it's like, that's what I like to hear. And so someone like Immortal Technique, he wasn't so much my uh like my favorite, right? But nowadays he's one of one of like the main, like you said, templates that I have. Someone mm-hmm. that I can really like model the way that you would approach uh rap music with like a very serious political take, because it's like it's really not done very much yeah. in like such a sharp mm-hmm. way. Because everyone I mean? has a political opinion, whether it's a heavy or a light opinion, right. they they know how they feel about certain things, but when someone like a moral technique writes a song, like it's almost like a thesis statement and it's got 
points that you can't even refute. And right. he makes it rhyme at the end of the day too. Right. Like, and then at the end of the, yeah. and then just sticks with you. The message just sticks with you when it's that easy to consume. And he's real good at just being so mean about it that you just don't even. Yeah. Like, you make, you, you feel like a piece of shit. Like <laughs> you're like, damn, I'm racist as fuck. Man, everybody's racist. <laughs> fuck America. Real shit. But, but yeah, man. So just artists like that are definitely like the foundation, you know, the slugs, the, the, the immortal techniques, the Aesop rocks. And then, these days, I try to take inspiration and input from anywhere that I can, like whether it's, you know, the more trendy rappers who kind of just have more like newer takes on how to put a song together, like really yeah. simple songs mm-hmm. that like just really catch with people. It's like, I, I like that. And I want to figure out what different lyrical elements can be worked into that kind of stuff as well. So, I think that's what Trippy Red did for both of us this man. past year, because I don't think I mean, bef- I'm speaking for both of us, but I think we talked before 2018. Mm-hmm. Neither of us really did much I, I know you had that one that um love scars and uh the song with uh, xxx and yeah. but like yeah after those albums he i'm i'm a huge fan now. there's not like, much to him they're sad like, love songs it strikes emotion he doesn't though, say I mean, that much like he, there's not even that many words like if you look at the lyrics like it's mm-hmm. there's not even that many words to it but it hits you and right. it's just the grit of that voice yeah and the and also someone like trippy wet red just like the places that he takes it like sonically it's like that's that stuff is important it's like you know i'm not the biggest fan of the kind of like recyclable lyrics you know mm-hmm. what i mean you know like about you know this this bitch or you know that drug yeah. or whatever it's like that stuff as content is cool but i really think there's a lot of lyric recycling so that stuff gets on my nerves but I think sonically, like, there's a lot of stuff that, that, like, young rappers and just everyone is doing that is, like, just taking stuff to a really interesting place. So yeah. that's uh, definitely part of the evolution that I'm trying to take now is to figure out how to work myself into some of these newer sounds. Because I never really could, I never could figure out how to fit myself into the context of, like, a trap beat, a trap song, even if it's just, like, that sound. Unless it really has some, like, instrument, like, melodic elements that are more me it's like I never could figure out like what am I supposed to say on a song like this. Yeah. So I feel like the the darker political stuff it helps me get in that vibe a little more too, which is cool. I think so. what I, I like about you and what you're saying is you have to keep an open mind with music that's coming out, regardless if you like it or not. This is the future of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. they've got the numbers to back it up. They've got the crowd. They've got the people, mm-hmm. and you can't just sit back and be like, well, no, I'm gonna keep you know you know, hitting the lane this way then right. you know, people are going to love it. And like, no, you got to incorporate what you're doing, have some kind of, you know, new twist to it. And that's how you, yeah. you know, resonate with the newer crowds. So keep an open mind for sure. And like, if, yeah. if you're not going to do something, if you see something and you're not going to do it, it needs to be an educated decision. Like this isn't going to work for me because. Yeah. I mean, like don't sell yourself out just to right. be like cool, new and trendy, but like, right. You, there's something to learn in every situation and every new self, new rapper coming self aware. Like you're not the same. Like you're not what what Tiger does is not going to work for your career. Right. <laughs> right, right. But you might you might hear you might like something about Tiger's voice, right? That encourages you to to go in a certain direction yeah. with your flow, and it's like okay, I'm and you wouldn't be man. afraid to hop on a Tiger beat with man, your flow because you, uh, you've yeah. got some Kendrick beats on your SoundCloud, <laughs> yeah. some Outcast beats on yeah. your SoundCloud, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's there's a couple of remixes out there, so you'll you'll 
For sure. You came out to the Freestyle Friday stacked. with College Beats earlier this year. Yeah. You yeah. Killed that. That was, uh, people were freaking out um, that was so on fun, Instagram man. for that one. That was so fun, man. And like, I was really, I was really glad that that hit the way it did. Cause like a lot of people from back in like my high school were really peeping that people who like watch for me and stuff. So it was like, it was cool, man. I was, that was like a super cool opportunity. Shout out to the Wiz, you know, shout out to DJ J Doe and DJ Hope, man. Everybody that was involved. Shout out to Trevor, man. College yeah. Beast. That's my guy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that shit was tight, man. And it was, it was really cool to just utilize that platform form in like a in a in a very purposeful way you know? and that was my first live experience um you performed around the city um i missed a lot of shit yeah but um that was my first time seeing and it was freestyling so it was it was different than you know if you were up on stage performing right. and yeah definitely you not. came with the political bars i'm pretty sure you dissed magazines in it at some point too and i was just like fuck it he's right i don't <laughs> think I, I don't think i dis. i was talking about you're talking, talking about media about, as a whole yeah i was yeah. talking about media as a whole and but i was mainly in that verse i was talking about media's treatment of the the Eminem and MGK situation, that was actually what that whole verse. That was, was like about. that was probably the week it came that happened. Yeah, it exactly. was timely. Yeah, no, and I yeah, and I love that. I love that I that I got the opportunity to do that. And so like, yeah, I was really breaking down just kind of like the way that I felt that it became it became such a it's such so monetizable like a beef like that. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like, okay, we got a dish. Everybody knows what's coming, right? We got a diss track from this artist on this label. And then there's a diss track from this artist on this label. And then like Eminem dropped his shit on YouTube. Right. And it's like, it's like the most viewed video of the year, most viewed video of the year. And who's running YouTube music right now? Lior Cohen. You yeah. Know? Shout out to Lior Cohen, big money. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I connected. I felt like, yeah, that was just, it was a very smart move is what it was because they knew exactly what was going to happen. Cause that was Eminem's first diss track in years. And like, he actually did it. No one saw Leora it. Coming, knows what he's really? doing, man. That is like, Eminem. Gonna do it. It's exactly. been a decade, but that's still Eminem. Exactly. Like he came up off this records. He, he lived off this records for a while. Like that's what made Eminem. Eminem. You're, <laughs> yeah. You tuned in. Cause you're like, what in the hell is he going to say next? He yeah. just dissed Christine Aguilera. And people don't usually clap back. Like, Christine gonna... Aguilera doesn't clap back. The funny thing is he would clap at people that couldn't clap back. Like dead yeah. people. Chris Kirkpatrick, <laughs> yeah. you could get your ass kicked. Like, and you know what, on. man, I really like that energy. And I feel like that energy needs to be translated to like, to, you know, shit, politicians and people who are in the, in the, in the government sector and also the private sector who are, you know, influencing the political sector. It's like, I think that, you know, those, I, what I like about an artist like Immortal Technique is he took those names and he made them a subject yeah. of his songs. And I, and I think that that is so admirable because it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's risky. But then at the same time, you're doing it, the energy that you're putting out to the universe is so strong. It's like, I know who mm -hmm. I'm talking to and I want them to hear this. And even yeah. if they never do, everybody who hears that is going to like feel that fucking vibe you're so, so confident about it like it makes you believe you yeah know? yeah so that's like that's the shit that i'm really like looking after these days is like how to how to take shit how to take these bigger issues that we all have takes on like you said and kind of bring bring some specifics to it so that people because everybody knows like you know oh they steal the elections like oh they they manipulate the votes like oh they're fucking with our heads like we all know this shit but it's like how who's doing it and like Certain things are the trail is so destroyed by, you know, when it's like mixed up with the government and shit, it's like that you can't really tell what's going on. But some shit you can. And like, I don't know, something like the 2016 election, like you can you can look and see what was going on there. And none of the shit I'm talking about even has anything to do with the, the whole Russian aspect. 
that's a whole other deeper element that like gets deeper the look the you know the more you look into you cover that a little bit on no collusion yeah yeah the no collusion one that was fun man that was fun (laughs) yeah I don't do you know. find it, do you find it hard um, talking about such controversial things? And I probably I mean, will at eventually. We're, at we're like hitting this like pinnacle of PC culture. I think you're I think you're kind of safe in the realm of hip hop because I mean not luckily but fortunately for I guess you, <laughs> um, Donald Trump has alienated. Um, yeah. pretty much hip hop culture. Yeah. If you go back, I mean, back. right. No, that's why it black makes people, sense. Hispanic people, and you know, their white allies are pissed off at what he's doing and saying. Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much have free reign to talk shit about Trump and hip hop. Cause the people who are going to get mad sure. are talking shit about hip hop anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. And I, and I'm wondering why there's not more of a dialogue or, or an argument or a conversation there. It's like, you know, hip hop is the conversation where, or hip hop is the place to have that conversation where you know someone like Trump and his bullshit can be put on the on the main stage and be made fun of, danced to, you know what I mean? Like pointed at, looked at, made a music video of. It's like this shit is is you know it affects all of us, even if just even if you're only looking at the fact that it comes through our screens every fucking day. It's like we've never had a president who is so like so so like psychologically attached to like communicating t- through fucking like television and TV and just to anyone he can that's part of what sympathetic audience control which is my project coming up is about uh, and i want to get into that yeah, definitely. a little bit as well i'm uh not trying to ramble too much here but <laughs> no well, we're definitely here to talk about it sympathetic audience control is your forthcoming album um you uh is it a five track ep is that right it's uh, it's going to be six tracks six tracks so um, that's going to be your follow-up to your most recent release, Don't Sleep, which mm-hmm. um, at this point right now is your longest release to date. Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit before we turned the mics on. Um, this project that you've got coming out is kind of stepping into a new part of your creative space. You're releasing this on all digital platforms while um, everything up until now is out on SoundCloud, and I believe uh, King Goldilocks is on Bandcamp. Hey. Uh, but... For the most part, um, this isn't your first project. You actually had like thirty songs on SoundCloud before you released a project. Yeah, I've been I've been working on that SoundCloud stream for a long time, man. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. a lot of stuff on your SoundCloud, but this is the first project people are going to be able to stream. Right. Spotify, Apple Music, and that's a really important step for me. I love SoundCloud. I love the SoundCloud grind. I love how that's like separate from the noise, but it's also like it's. I don't think SoundCloud makes it easy for artists to promote themselves on SoundCloud. And I think other st- platforms do. I think other yeah. platforms are much more like integrated with artists promoting themselves and, and making it easy to put links and stuff out there. And SoundCloud is a little bit more like, it's just like, you got to just go to the website. You know, there's not really much of a way that you can like easily show people present a SoundCloud, you know, link or whatever. Uh, that's just been my experience. Um, so I'm trying. It's important to me to to be able to at least have some of that stuff on the on the streaming platform, so that you know people can access it there too. Because definitely most music listeners like they're first going to Spotify or you know Apple Music or Google Music. It's like these are you know they, they get the 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 majority of traffic these days for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you you want to start building your repertoire out there. I mean, you start dropping stuff there more often. Yeah, I mean. You rip the bandaid off, get that first one out there, establish yeah, your presence there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the way the world's moving. And 
Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it's not going back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There and might be a CD revival in 15 years, but we'll see. Tape should be coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, tapes are already kind of, oh, kind of. a novelty thing. You're, you're paying way... T- I have a few. You're paying they're way too much for new thing. tapes. <laughs> yeah. I got some new Dilla tapes. I got uh, um, 36 Chambers re-released on cassette Damn, a couple yeah. years ago. That's pretty dope. Um, but they're not... They're not like cheap tapes. They're but they're like have, new vinyl where you're paying for it. You have like a cassette player though. Like I have an old go blaster. I throw in. Yeah, wow. I, I have actually cassettes. ordered it on eBay. It Man. came from Brooklyn and it's from the eighties. Oh, so this shit. was like a hip hop ghetto yeah, blaster. Ghetto wow. This shit was on the corner in Brooklyn. That had some tribe in it yeah. back in the day. It has knobs missing. This shit's awesome. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. My uh, record player actually has a cassette. Oh, in it, so see, and I, a CD, so all have, the old formats. I have all these cassettes that I can't play. I have cassettes from my friends that I can't like put in anywhere. It's like it, it's like just you get yourself a Walkman. Take that facts. I, I don't have, those, I don't have yeah, a portable one, but I would fuck with yeah, that. I just need to holler at thrift store real quick. I even get the old headphones and everything. Like yeah, <laughs> that's coming. Like people are in vintage clothing. Why the fuck aren't people in, with Walkmans? Because like, they fucking like, every time you bump it, you can't. It skips. Like that's, that's why. the beauty of it. Like fuck fifty thousand songs on my phone. <laughs> I want that. Now, I want. I want now twelve. And I want to flip on, it over in the middle. Yeah, that just reminds me of like fifth grade taking field trips. I just have my Walkman. My yeah. One CD is probably Lincoln Park or now thirteen. I carried around corn CDs for like three years. Man, I remember Jeez. those days, man. It was green. You day look for like me. you're in corn, kind of. Oh shit, roasted, <laughs> man. Oh, no, man. they got dreads. Roasted yeah, no, corn. it's definitely. That's, it's that's all. That's about it. No, yeah, it's it's an un- unavoidable comparison. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. I've never heard that one though. I got. I'll give corn's you a great band. That's not bad. Corn's, yeah. corn's yeah. tight. Corn's tight. Corn's tight. In their in their time, they're like an electronic band now or something. Yeah, I think dude's going solo. Well, yeah, John Davis, lead singer, goes by J Devil as a DJ. Um, but he's just at Bogarts, I think. Yeah, I, he has a solo album out too, which is not, it's more singy songwritery. Um, but yeah, their past two albums, three albums maybe. Damn, I had um, no Very electronic influence. I think even like Skrillex and shit is on see, the but albums. See, they understand that like you got to evolve and it's like, it might not be the same, like, you know, boom. It's like, you just, you got to evolve. Some people are going to understand and then that's how you're going to put yourself in a place where something might catch on. Yeah. Grow with the times. And you're even when just... they came out, they were new metal. They're already fusing genres exactly. together when they came out. That's a good And that's point. become outdated. Like they were out, they came out with Slipknot. Slipknot had fucking turntables. Oh, they were cutting They had a guy who played out. the sample pad. That's all he did is samples. That's why Corn mm-hmm. was tight when they came out because they <laughs> were because they were part of that. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Corn, man. Good shit. <laughs> Talking way shit. longer about Corn than I expected <laughs> hey, man, today. Shout yeah. out to Corn. I've never shout been out. a big listener, but shit, y'all. Push shout out to line, Real man. Corn, vegan. <laughs> shout out to Real Corn for sure. For Corn. Yeah, man. Back back to the album. Back to the album. Uh, your album, that is. Yeah, so this next shit that's coming, man. Basically, what what I'm trying to do is, is uh, like we were talking about a little more, or a little before, just keep my ears open and yeah. use that to kind of interpret my sound a little more and not be so uh, locked into, like, you know, preconceived notions of, like, oh, this is the music that I like. This yeah. is what I'm good at making. It's like I'm better at flowing usually on some boom bap, you know, smooth drums, but it's like trying to push it to a, a place that, you know, resonates more. I think the the louder, the the deeper drums resonate more with with audience nowadays. And and so uh, that's part of what the concept of sympathetic audience control itself is, is, is um, basically it's it's kind of like listening to listening for what the person that you're talking to wants to hear you say. It's actually kind of a, it's a psychological reference 
that was used uh, in reference to Trump in terms of his like just his saying whatever the fuck comes to his mind in a, in a way that's like, you know, constantly changing. Right. It, can, it changes based on who he talks to, who he's mm-hmm. around, what, what has happened, yeah. what's the situation. And so, you know. There's basically a book about it where a bunch of psychologists broke the Goldwater principle, which says that psychologists shouldn't talk about public figures. And they said, no, we're talking about Trump. And one of the terms that comes out in that uh, in that book is sympathetic audience control. So audience control itself is like it's it's something that we all do. Audience control is like you paying attention to who's listening to you when you're speaking. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if, if, Mm -hmm. if, if if my mother was here, you know, right, standing behind gravel. I would be monitoring what I was saying a little differently than if she wasn't, you know, and and that's just natural, right? We all have that functioned kind of subconsciously. Yeah. Sympathetic audience control is sort of an extension of that where you're sort of subconscious in the back of your mind, you're probing people that you're talking to and sort of for their reactions and and for what you're saying that's working. And and as you're as that happens, what you're saying evolves to like better suit what people want. To hear, and so someone like Trump, who's the president, he talks to so many people that changes so rapidly. But I think that that is, I think it's kind of uh, indicative of our society in a way. I think that's the way that a lot of the, you know, algorithmic internet material works. Is that it? Kind of is, you know, it's that process of like just putting stuff out there, saying stuff, seeing what works, and like over time, it becomes more tailored to like what people will accept. And uh, I think that's why someone like Trump was able to get himself to a place like the white house because he tapped into that like weird algorithm energy in a way God. that like, you know what I mean? This like, is fucked. man, that's what I'm saying, man. So I love you, y'all. Thank y'all think, for having me. Do you think here. Donald Trump as, as a human being, and I use that term lightly. Um, do you think he is like in, in his core, like in the thread of threads of his being, is he the, abrasive racist uh, person question. that he's easily perceived to be these days. Or is that just what people want him to be? Is, so that's what is, is, is he doing that because of now it's been years yeah. of him talking to his fan base and them chanting. Right. And he says, I'm going to build a wall and they cheer. It's and then now, that. okay, they want the wall. It's definitely partly that, but it's also, it's to a degree that's him because like, you know, we got to with someone like Trump, we got to be able to look back to like the the first moments when he was running, the first things he said, right? Those it's sort of some of those initial moments on the campaign. It's like it's so easy to forget now, but some of that stuff is really important. And like, you know, he came out talking about he said the wall and the thing about Mexicans. That was his announcement speech. For that was uh-huh. immediately. Yeah. So he knew from the beginning that that was his thing. And now look what's happened. He literally shut down the fucking government over that wall, you know, and if, if he doesn't get it, then to him, at least that's like going to be symbolic of, of failure uh, on the part of his, one of his biggest promises. So he knew, he knew from the beginning Mm -hmm. that that was an important thing and that the rhetoric surrounding the wall was an important thing. And that was going to be an important part of grabbing his base. And so to a degree, it's a, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the fiber of his being in a way that's like, Maybe not so much as someone who is like, like a, I don't even know what you would like a, you know, a David Duke type or like someone who's like really just like a racist Nazi piece of shit. Someone who's like just 
born and bred like fiber all the way through. They believe that, you know, white people are better. You know what I mean? It's like someone like that is, I don't know. I think of Trump more as just kind of like uh, more malleable than that. But there's definitely an element of it to his personality. Like he brought that to the stage. He brought that. He brought that racist type of rhetoric about immigration mm-hmm. to the to the world stage to the main stage and some of the worst stuff that i think he said is so subtle and can almost i mean i think it's why the fan the his fan base is a little confused about why he's labeled a racist because some of it is so subtle just the way you can tell he thinks about different people yeah. i mean racism manifests itself in way more ways than right. saying the n-word or oh, or yeah. saying anything at all like right. if you can tell someone thinks as that person as anyone, anything less than they are, that's a racist mentality. And you can't hide some of those cues, especially when you're on a stage, like the way you talk to people. I mean, when he made fun of someone with special needs, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's outwardly disrespectful, but like just little tiny things where he's just, you can tell he sees them as less human than himself. Like that, like that one time there's a, there's a black guy at his rally and he goes, there's my That's black, my black guy. Yeah, there's, there's my, my black, black guy. <laughs> yeah, and obviously a plant, but like and then the Kanye means. Oh man, I just I don't I don't think I'm sure he's some kind of like old person racist. I mean, just how like all old people kind of are. I feel like but, a level, that's what I feel like. I feel like there's like, a level of tolerance that comes with a certain like. Okay, age. but like no, but like <laughs> yeah. coming into the presidential thing, I think it was like just like that. But he's got people funding him, and right. he literally just probably looked at the shit and was like, "Okay, should I go Democrat or Republican? It's, when am I going to have a better, you know?" But I mean, also like plenty of people behind him have said that like he just has been, had these like wait, weirdly racist views. That That's true. Really that up apprentice, apprentice yeah, shit. So, they yeah. think, so it's like you know, it's it's there. It's it's an element of him. I think it's yeah, just old crusty old man racist shit. And it's, it's only like, yeah multiplied with you know all these seventy fucking years is. old and being rich. I mean, you're removed from reality just from yeah. having money. Yeah. This is a good. Place he doesn't to even say know. This. He doesn't even know how white people live. It's definitely. <laughs> It's definitely just crusty old racist man shit because Trump's dad, people don't know this. I found, I read this in that same ugly psychology book I was talking, ugly as fuck. <laughs> oh, Yo, the guy who wrote This Land is Your Land wrote a song about Fred Trump, Donald Trump's dad, calling him a racist. The first, the first line is, uh, I can't remember what the fucking first line is, but literally it's calling him out for, for being a racist and saying that, uh, you know, New Haven townhomes ain't the place for me. Cause you know, Trump, cause, yeah. cause they used to not let black people stay there. Yeah. They and tore so, down black people's housing to put yeah. up these million dollar. So yeah, that's a whole detour, but yeah. I thought that was interesting. So there's definitely a legacy of just that kind of like deeply rooted, like racist, racist yeah. feeling. But I don't think he's like a strategic, you know, like white like supremacist. A David Duke. Yeah. Like you were saying. Creep. Like, yeah, I think there's an element of that and he uses that and it's just as gross. But it's not the same thing. He's speaking to those people, yeah. though. Like, yeah. and here's the thing: I don't think his incessant need for this wall is even based in his own racism. I think it's based in his own knowledge of his following his fan bases. It's weird to say yeah. fan base about a president, but that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, no, um, exactly. he, he knows what they want. And the thing is, like, okay, so healthcare was the last time the government got shut down, and that is such a complex topic. Like, right. I don't know how fucking healthcare works. I went to the ER last year. I'm still fucking paying for it. And I know that that's healthcare. Right. Um, but what we're talking about now is literally a tangible brick fucking wall. Like it's a wall. Like it's, it's a metaphor for like just something in front of you. Like 
Exactly, but that's the metaphor. And that's why it people are grabbing so onto important. it. There's not that much to think about. The like it's a wall is, that blocks things. The metaphor is so important, and this. So this this leads me to something else that I wanna that I wanted to to hopefully utilize this platform to speak to because I think it's an an important element of the way shit like this goes down, the way messaging goes down. Is that so? The wall is an important metaphorical element because that appeals to people who see the world a certain way. Like there's a there's a measurable. Uh, like scientifically based, scientific based. I don't know how to. Per, I don't know how to say that, but it's basically it's it's backed up by evidence that certain people fall on the political spectrum based on their personality inclinations, and then that has to do with how they think. So, like open minded people that are really good at attaching all kinds of different ideas together and sort of creating like networks of of like images and thoughts and stuff. Those type of people tend to the left. We want information to be free flowing. Why should there be a border? Why can't those people come over here? They deserve to be over here. They or, can add to our society. Or at the very least, there's a better solution. Exactly. We can figure something out, right? But then some people like the simplicity of it because on the other end, you have orderliness and you have, you know, you have people who are industrious and they're, and they're results based. And so these people, the idea of a wall, it symbolizes a solution that's right there in front of you. Easy. Just build easy. $5.7 billion. So it's, just- it's symbolic. And they've even said that they know it's symbolic. That's why it doesn't matter if it's a fence with points on the top or whatever. It's completely symbolic, but you can, you can accurately predictably measure like what people are going to be attracted to that kind of idea, the idea of a border between two things. No, this needs to be organized. There has to be a border right here. And that's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been. Right. And then that, that kind of messaging appeals to people because they, it makes, it makes sense. Right. I mean, that's true. That's part of life. You know, sometimes you do have to have order. And so Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a conversation between these different like elements of personality. And so part of what a company called Cambridge Analytica was doing during the 2016 election is it was breaking people down based on how they fit on this personality spectrum and, and individually trying out the best content to use on them. That was going to like appeal to them, who they were, their personality. A good example. This one is going to fuck some of y'all up. Definitely fuck me up. This is what like, you know, got me thinking about this shit. Like part of what they were doing is they were working for Bernie Sanders campaign. They were working for Jeb Bush's campaign, or maybe not Jeb Bush, but basically people who were not going to win, Jill Stein, right? Like they were promoting their campaigns because they wanted people to vote for them instead of Hillary, right? So when Bernie Sanders lost, there was a lot of messaging going on like, you know, uh, uh, they took the election from him. It's all corrupt. I basically was, I didn't vote. I didn't vote in the main election. I voted for Bernie. And then when Bernie lost, I was like, this is bullshit. It's corrupt. It's fucked up. I'm not fucking with any of this. I'm not voting. He and won I that shit, didn't he? Like he, yeah. But the, there was a lot of information out there. A lot of different conflicting that was, stories. That was where the election actually went bad. It wasn't when Trump was, won. That was a no, big part of it. Was it was a big part of it. Schultz but what I found out was that a lot of the messaging, a lot of the Bernie or bust messaging, mm. the Bernie Bros. You know, like oh, Bernie didn't win, so it's already you know fuck voting. Like all that messaging was coming from Cambridge Analytica which was a, a company that was promoting Trump's campaign. They wanted him to win. This, this algorithmic you know, stuff, this like persuasion, these kind of techniques, it worked on me, and I didn't vote. And that is part of fucking history. And you know, that's the kind of shit that people need to be aware of. And so 
I think it's important for people to understand where they where they break down on the big five personality factors. That's openness, conscientiousness, uh, neuroticism, um, uh, agreeableness, and uh, I can't remember. I can't remember the fifth one. There's five of them, but basically, openness and conscientiousness are the two that correlate to politics the most. And I think it's important for people to understand where they are, in, what they're inclined towards. Are you inclined towards order? Are you inclined towards creativity? Are you inclined towards very open-minded messages about inclusion? Are you inclined towards sort of very certain messaging about, you know, about, uh, about rules and about just kind of the way things need to be and, and very sensible things, right? It's like this, that, those elements of your personality is what companies, corporations, governments use to break down your personality and figure out how to appeal to you through messaging. And so, Individuals need to understand that about themselves. They need to do research about it on themselves. It's called the Ocean Five Personality uh, Scale Spectrum, whatever you so want like to call it. So, like a test we can take. There are online tests. There are tests. Something. You got to be careful with the tests because a lot of times the tests will give access to whoever um, designed the test to, to, to the to Cambridge or somebody. Fuckers, right? you got to look into it a little bit. But there's stuff out there, and I mean, personally, if you just if you look into what these kind of things entail, it's like you can observe these things about yourself. I observe mm-hmm. them about myself and about people around me. It's really practical information to know, and so that's part of where I'm going with sympathetic audience control is trying to talk about you know how like different emotions and elements of uh, a certain a certain piece of messaging are worked and i don't know you know just the different the different angles and personalities of of, of how it all works so you know i'm hoping i'm hoping that people will respond well to this project i'm hoping there's some some fucking good sounds that that people can rock to i got some really dope producers from the city you know working on i got a fucking island boy luna is on that shit hell yeah devin burgess is gonna be mixing the entire thing all right yeah eli laws he's busy yeah man always getting busy man i hit him up i told him i wanted to mix this shit he's on tour right now he's in fucking california he's probably coming back right now but he's been in california for the past get back tomorrow yeah no he hit me up he was like i get back on the 18th we'll start then like he's trying to stay busy and that's why i fuck with devin so yeah man this shit's gonna be available on all platforms and uh you know it's uh I'm really excited to see how people respond to this. Man. Well, we will definitely be listening to it. I don't know about you, Gravel. It's seven o'clock, and I'm as I'm as woke as I've been all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I need to go home. Stay woke. Get on my laptop. Don't sleep. <laughs> don't sleep. Research at all. some shit. Yeah, we're gonna be reading and watching YouTube videos all night. <laughs> we're so happy that holes. you could join us today, Eb. Yeah, man. Um, make sure you get sympathetic audience control. That's dropping before Valentine's Day, before right? Valentine's Day, man. Early, early, early February for sure. All right, so you'll definitely be Hell able to. Cuddle up on Valentine's Day and just yeah. wake the Get fuck woke. Woke up. <laughs> yeah, find you a woke <laughs> chick Hell and yeah. cuddle up and listen to this project. Oh yeah. Well, tell them where they can find you at on social media. It- on Twitter, man. My my uh, my tag is He Who Flows. You can uh, you know watch me tweeting about Trump and sympathetic audience control and a bunch of political bullshit. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Slob Marley Lifestyle. Uh, you know, for some reason that, you know, that name just, uh, just, name. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's something about it. Just, it, 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 it makes me think of myself. I can't quite figure <laughs> That's out. That's all why, that matters. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Slob Marley lifestyle on Instagram. Um, shit. Where else? That, those are the main ones for real. On Facebook, you can find me at Anthony Cloward or Ebb and Flow. That's E-B ampersand F-L-O-W. Ebb and Flow. And yeah, yeah. man, that's my shit. And yo, before we wrap this up, man, I want to, I want to. Let me show y'all something. Uh-oh. I brought you guys. 
brought you guys some shit. Presents. Yeah, okay. So, you know, me and my uh, me and my roommate Ian Richardson. We are always working on art. He he does all the cover art, all the graphic shit that I put out. And so you know, we me and him, we've been cooking up these little comics. We cooked up some comics for you guys. These Ooh. are. Uh, exclusives for you wow you know what i'm saying we made this made this all just for just for the future moguls you know what i mean it's dedicated to y'all we really just want to want y'all to you know get get on our wavelength you know what i'm saying i'm gonna be reading this yeah for sure yeah don't who's who's no pressure that's ian richardson man that's my that's my roommate that's one of my closest friends he's uh you know he's a true artiste and he helps me with all this shit man he's got a He's got true graphic design props as well. Anything, anything that you see on my uh, social media, all the all the things that I'm promoting, you know, and the don't sleep, uh, don't sleep radio station, which you know, yeah, we'll go talk check more that out. That. Uh, yeah, ebnosflows.com/slash/listen. Yeah, all that, all that shit is uh, is Ian Richardson, man. So shout out to him, man. He helps me out all the time. Dope. Good plug. I have to follow him for sure. Yep. Dope. Well, thanks. Again, for joining us. Thank you for the gifts. Yeah. This has been a great podcast. This is a great one. Yeah. Um, you can find us everywhere at Future Moguls Pod. Um, and from there, you can find our individual accounts. Um, I'm Matt Shear signing off with uh, Double Sin. I'm Gravel Bear. And next week, we'll be taking the week off, but we're going to still hit you with a compilation episode. Uh, go past the past three weeks with Hope, Wavy Mo, Ellen for President, Ebb and Flow. Mm. It's going to be great. New Donuts and Alcohol on the way, February 7th. Uh, if you guys want Ebb and Flow on there, holla at me. Man, holla. 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 <laughs> holla, holla, holla. But <laughs> hey, I'm Gravel Bear, Matt Shear, Ebb and Flow. Ebb and Flow. This is, oh, God. This is Future Moguls Podcast 24. <laughs> Gravel, give them that advice. Drink more water. Um, tell a neighbor you love them. Uh, fuck Donald Trump, man. Um, especially that sympathetic audience control, man. With that bullshit, yeah. Big, trying to get big us five personality. Yeah. You try to get us, but we're we're smarter than you. <laughs> you gonna get got. <laughs> See you guys. Peace.